0: Welcome to our Victory Outreach Gino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged and challenged with this message. I want to have you open your Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter 9. Praise the Lord. Thank you Jesus. Come on, how many are blessed to be here tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, tonight I want to speak to you, and the title of my message is Don't Forget Damascus. And I want to speak to you on on being grateful. How many know that we need to be grateful? I don't know about you, but today I'm grateful, and I I just want to thank God for my salvation. I want to thank God for our pastor's and the privilege that it is to, to speak here today. All the ministers also for the privilege to be able to share. And how many are grateful here tonight? Praise the Lord. And uh, I want to look at the life of, of the Apostle Paul. Because when I look at Paul, I'm able to see that he lived a life of, of gratitude. A life of faithfulness. And a life that was grateful. And before we get into uh, um, the scripture, I just wanted to share with you that whenever I think of gratefulness, and I've been kind of thinking about that lately. Even uh, last week, uh, our pastor was able to speak on the on the winning team, and how I many you know that was a powerful message on Sunday for us to be on the winning team and being able to work together. And I believe that we're going to work together when we're grateful. When we are grateful, we're able to work together, and we're able to build together, and I believe that God's going to do something powerful in our lives, and then use us collectively as we work together, and uh, I'll never forget, uh, uh, we, were, um, we had a graduation a few years back for the men's home, and um, Pastor Phil, matter of fact, he spoke, and I'll never forget this, and when I think about gratefulness, I always think about this. Pastor Phil spoke, and he said this one thing. I don't even remember the message, but I remember this one thing. And he said this, and it stuck with me, and it stuck with me. He said, if God stopped blessing us today, I don't think you hear me. If God stopped blessing us today, then God has already done enough. And so when you really think about that, think about that. If God just said, hey, listen, you know, Ronnie, Hey, uh, uh, you know, David, Gonzalo, you know, if, if I've today stopped blessing you, have I already done enough? And how many know he's done enough? And so when I think of that, I think about that we should be men and women that would be able to take that perspective and be able to be grateful with whatever God is doing in whatever situation that we're in. See, we serve God from a grateful heart. Not for what he does, but what he's already done. He's given us salvation. He's given us eternal life. And he's allowed us to live an abundant life. And you know, that, that's pretty much all that we need. It's just those three things. See, gratitude keeps the Christian focused. It makes us be appreciative of what God is doing. So gratitude keeps us focused on the the target. It keeps us focused on what we're doing. It keeps us focused on what God is doing in our lives. It also keeps us on course. Because how many know when you're ungrateful, you can get off course? Can you say amen? Anybody ever been off course here? I've gotten off course a couple of times, and, and gratefulness is what b- brought me back. When you're not grateful, it's, it's a little hard to come back. But when you're grateful for what Jesus has done, it's easy to come back. I like that song that says, coming back to the heart of worship. See, when we get off track, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier for us to get back on track when we're grateful. It helps us to stay faithful. Faithful. Grateful people are faithful people. Grateful people are committed people. And so when you look at the life of the Apostle Paul and you read right here in chapter 9 of the book of Acts, we're going to do a little bit of reading. Chapter 9, verse 3, the Bible says here, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Verse 7 says, and a man who journeyed and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground and his eyes were opened but he saw no one. But they laid him laid his hands on him And brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. And neither ate or drank anything. And so here we have the story of the Apostle Paul. And a very familiar story of Paul when he experienced his experience with Jesus. And see Paul was able to because of that Damascus experience... He was able to understand that Damascus was the beginning point of his new life. Can you say amen? You know, it was at that time when he experienced that with God. And and what he he experienced there was something that that was out of the ordinary. For Paul, Because Paul, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was educated. If anybody knew how about God, was Paul. But he never had an experience with God. And there's a difference between knowing about God and having an experience with God. And Paul had an experience. Just like many of us. I don't know about you, but I, I remember I had an experience with God. You know, I had heard about God, you know, people would talk about God, but one day I had an experience with Jesus Christ and my life had never been the same. And Paul understood that Damascus was the beginning point of his new life. He knew that from that point till where he was when he wrote this, he knew that that was what God was planned for his life and that experience was what's going to keep him. See, Paul knew that when discouragement came, that he could always go back to that Damascus experience. That Damascus point in his life, he was able to go there and be encouraged because God had a plan. How many know that God has a plan? And sometimes you and I have to go back to that experience. Because that experience is what keeps us grateful. It keeps us grateful and it keeps us on track of what God has done for our life and what he's doing. See, Paul knew that when difficulties came, that he had to go back to that Damascus experience. When failure happened, he would go back and think about that day when Jesus Christ knocked him down, and there he was able to see, and he knew that it was a different experience than any experience that he ever had. Paul was, because of that experience, he was able to allow God to use him in a special way. You know, right after that, you're you're able to see that Ananias went and laid hands on him, and he was able to get uh, his calling to the Gentiles. And, And not only did he get a calling, but something the Bible says like scales fell from his eyes, and he was able to see things in a different way. I don't know about you, but when I got saved and Jesus touched my life, I was able to see things a whole different way. I don't see things the same like I used to see. Can you say amen? Paul knew that his life had to be committed to the, the, the preaching of the gospel. Paul knew that he had to do something different than what he had been doing. And there's three things that I see in the life of the Apostle Paul, that I believe were very vital to him because of that Damascus experience. One of them is that he was, he was committed. He committed himself. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this He says, I have crucified, or I have, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the body today, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood that commitment was going to be the key for him to accomplish the ministry that God had called him to. Commitment and loyalty. Loyalty. And if we're going to be men and women that are going to allow God to use us, then we got to remember that because of that Damascus experience and the call that God has placed on our life, there needs to be a commitment within our life, a commitment to God. Paul knew that, that his life didn't matter anymore. His life didn't matter anymore, and because of that, he was able to be loyal to, to Christ and loyal to the, to the work of God. The second thing... Is that he was convinced. Has anybody been convinced here? I don't know about you, but I've been convinced. I've been convinced for years that this is the way that I should live my life. I, I should live my life committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I should live my life committed to the ministry of victory outreach and to the work of God. So he was not only committed, but he was convinced. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers, neither height nor death, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And how many know that we have to be convinced that this is the way. We, we shouldn't have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, come up with ideas and come up with plans. The, the experience that Paul had was enough to convince him that, that this gospel was the truth. His experience with Jesus was better than anything that he learned. And he was taught under the best. But that didn't matter. The experience on that Damascus road road meant more to him. And that experience, he couldn't explain it. But he knew that something else had taken place in his life. Are you convinced today? Or or do you still think, well, maybe I'll do this for a while. Maybe, Maybe if it works for a while, but are we convinced that this is what God has for our lives? So he was committed, convinced, and he was compelled. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 says this. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Only to My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. You know that when you're compelled, it's a sense of duty or obligation. When you're compelled, you, 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 you get here early. You, you, you start building your ministry because you're compelled. That's what, what Paul said. He said, man, I, I'm compelled to do. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I have work to do. I, I got something to do here. I, I got I to gotta preach this gospel, and, and I got to build the churches that, that we're planting. I, I got to encourage Timothy, and I got to encourage the disciples, because God is doing something within my life, and he's going to use me to do great things. You know, we just heard a powerful message on, on a winning team. You know what's going to help us build this winning team? is when we're compelled to do what God has called us to do finding our place on the wall wherever it is and doing it to the best of our ability and really learning and growing and allowing God to use our lives. Can you say amen? See, Paul, that's what he, what he did. He, he, was, he, was, uh, he was compelled to, to preach this gospel and he knew that he had to get it done. And, you know, the things that he went through were, were not even close to the things that we go through. even shares In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 he says he says this Are they servants of Christ I am more I have worked much harder been in prison more frequently I've been flogged more severely and I've been exposed to death again and again Five times I received from the Jews 40 slashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was uh, uh, pelled and stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been consistently on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger... And hungry and thirsty and gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I have faced daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And even though he went through all that, he was still concerned for the churches. Who who would be concerned for anybody else going through half of that? But because he was compelled... And because he was committed, and because God had done something in his life, that mass Damascus experience was, was not anything, it, it just wasn't nothing to him. See, when, when, when we got saved, that salvation, that day, that experience, wherever it was, whether it was in the home or it was in your living room, it was on a street corner, wherever it was, that experience should help us live our life different than any other person. That, that, that experience should drive us to do the things that we do. It's that experience that our founder had that has pushed them to build this ministry for 55 years. It's that that, that they experienced for 55 years this ministry has gone on. That's what compelled our elders to build. That's what's compelled everybody that's involved in different ministries to help us build what God has called us to do. And in all that, he was still encouraging Timothy. He told Timothy to stir up the gift. He said, I remind you to stir up the gift in you, Timothy. Even though that he was going through the things he was going through, maybe he was in prison, maybe he was locked up, chained up to a Roman soldier, but he was still encouraging Timothy. He told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. Don't, don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season you're gonna reap a harvest. How can you encourage others when you need encouragement yourself? But he know that he knew that the Bible, the Bible says that 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 those who encourage others or those who refresh others, they themselves will be refreshed. Paul was convinced that gratefulness would be what would get him through every circumstance. And I'm here to let you know that it's gratefulness that's going to help you get through the tough times. Something took place in Paul's life that was so powerful that could never be forgotten. That's what kept him going. That's what kept him going on his first missionary journey. That's what kept him going on his second missionary journey. That's what kept him going on his third missionary journey. It kept him going and kept him being strong. It kept him committed and determined and believing that God was going to continue to use his life even though he was facing many things. And I say here today, we got to be able to remember... And be grateful. How many are grateful people? We are worshiping right now. And I was thinking, man, I'm grateful that I'm able to come to church. My wife's at women's convention right now. She's been coming home whistling. She's been coming home happy. And, man, for that, I'm grateful. She's been coming home happy and singing and joyful. and, and Man, even... Hey, honey, I'm going to give you a kiss on the way out, man. I've been getting kisses before she leaves. I'm grateful today. And you know why I'm grateful? Because I know God's speaking to her. And, man, this morning I was praying and I said, man, God, speak to my wife. Whatever she goes through in her hard times, things that I don't understand. God, you speak to her. You challenge her. You grow her. You do something new in her life at this conference. I'm grateful today that I'm saved because I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be standing here preaching to you. But because of the love of Jesus Christ and the mercy of God and this ministry that never gave up and kept the doors open and believed in somebody, man, that that nobody else believed in, then they believed in me. And they still believe in me. How could I forget my domestic experience? How could I forget where he touched me? Xavier always tells me. It was right there at Victory Liquor in Montebello. Those of you from Montebello. Victory Liquor right there on Garfield. Victory Liquor store. From Victory Liquor to Victory Outreach, God brought me. We can't forget. And we got to be like the Apostle Paul, man, always going back and remembering what God has done in our life. Not wanting more. Sometimes we, we, we get a little too selfish and we want more, more and more and more. And it's okay to ask and it's okay, but, but let us look at what we have. Let us look at what we have. Let God do what he's got to do in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11, it says this, he led them through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land. With its venomous snakes and scorpions he brought you out of, he brought, he brought you water out of the rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestor has never known. To humble the to humble and test you that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hand has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which swore, which he swore to, his, to your ancestors as he did today. And I, I believe that we got to always remember That we not be like the children of Israel and forget what God has done. Because God has done so much and he's going to continue to even do more. I was sharing with our home the other day at our house. And I was telling them about being grateful. And I was looking at this word called apathy. And that word, it, it, it stands for, or it means, behavior that shows no interest. Or enthusiasm, concern, or energy, and shows that someone is unwilling to act, especially over something important. And we don't wanna have that spirit of apathy where we don't appreciate what God has done in our life. And I think that this year, if we're gonna really build, we gotta really look at what God is doing inside of our lives. What he's doing in our lives. That's why I do the things that I do because I appreciate what God has done. That's why I work in the ministry because I believe that, that man, God has done so. I could never repay God for what he's done in my life. There's days that I'm not happy, and there's days that I don't want to, but every week I'm here because I know I need to be here. Not because I have to be here, because I get to be here. That's why I'm here. And, and whatever I, they, they have me do, I try to do it to the best of my ability because, man, I know that, that man, I, wasn't, I, I shouldn't even be doing this. But because of God's grace and God's mercy, I'm able to do the things that God has called me to do. And we got to look back. Let's, let's remember what, what, what God has brought us from. God has brought us a long way. He's brought us from a mighty long way. And we still got a long way to go. But I, I believe that gratitude and gratefulness is what's going to get us to the next season of our life. And the season after that, and the season after that, God's going to get us. And so tonight, as we have the worship team come. I want us to to have a stand. And and I want us to just reflect on our life. Reflect on what, where we're at. Where we're at with God. and, and, And just think about, think about where we were. The Bible says, it says to think about where we were when we were called, that not many of us were wise. Not not many of us were of of noble birth. But God chose us, the foolish things of the world, to confound the wise. And what programs couldn't do and what people couldn't do, Jesus was able to do. He was able to, to, to make a change. And... I want to be a grateful man. I, I, I want to be grateful for what God has done and what he continues to do in my life. And this evening as, as they play something, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands and, and let's just think of where we're at in our life right now. Where you're at. Maybe everything's going good. Maybe everything is going perfect. We still got to be grateful, and maybe things aren't going so good. We still have to be grateful because we're here today, and and it's not over. It's not over. God is with us, and if He's with us, who could be against us? And just like he saved us and he changed us and he met us there on that Damascus Road and that experience, God is able to see us through our difficulties, our hard times, and he's able to do new things with us. So as we sing a song, praise the Lord. I want to open the altar I want to open the altar. and Let's just be grateful. And you come. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Gino.